Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome back to Dawn Breaks. During today's episode, Charlotte and I talk about some very sensitive topics, including miscarriage and baby loss. If these are topics which you have had close experience of, I just want to let you know that we are going to talk about them so that you're prepared. If it's already a difficult day, it might suit you to come back to this later or to listen with a loved one for support. But actually, I do think there is inspiration to be heard and healing to be held in this profound story of love and hope, despite the odds. Okay, and welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks the Podcast. I'm really, really pleased to welcome the lovely Sharla today, who is going to be talking to us a little bit about finding hope and how that might have been for her in her experiences. And Sharla's going to share with us a really beautiful story about um, some things that she's been through and I'm just so pleased to have you here so thank you Sharla. No thank you Harriet it's such an honour really to be invited to speak to anyone about my my journey really and to know that um, you're giving people the space to yeah to give hope to people that may feel hopeless now that's such a lovely thing to do so it's a real joy to be a part of it. That's gorgeous thank you. So As you know a little bit about the podcast already, you'll know that what I like to do at the beginning is not talk too much about what you're doing now, because I like to kind of do it in chronological order, in time order, and sort of start with the time when things were a little bit more difficult, a little bit trickier, and then we kind of work our way forward and think about the things that really supported and helped you the most, and then we'll get to the point where we're thinking about all the gorgeous and lovely things that you're doing at the moment that I know all about. So take us back to the time when you feel was the sort of most difficult for you and tell us a little bit about that and and why it was so difficult. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess upon reflection and thinking about these sort of questions you might ask me, there's quite a few times that I felt helpless, definitely hopeless, uh, most certainly in my life. Mm. And it's hard to pinpoint the times that I felt most hopeless but I guess from the time that my husband and I decided to to start a family really was just a really difficult and challenging chapter in our lives and and I guess I didn't see it coming because I had just sort of thought my life was pretty much mapped out in front of me I you know was very lucky to find a partner that I loved and I couldn't wait to spend the rest of my life with and I'm I'm super thankful for that because I know not that that doesn't happen that way for everyone Absolutely. and I was just yeah and I was just in that kind of mindset that I would find the partner I would get the house I would get married and I would have a family and it seemed like a really straightforward and quite basic thing to to want mm-hmm. and sometimes your life is so kind of set out and your thoughts you're so conditioned in your thoughts about that you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of all mapped out for you and 
when we started to try for a family and it wasn't easy for us it was easy for us to get pregnant I will say that and again I'm very thankful that I even can get pregnant but when it wasn't easy to keep the pregnancies and we had Mm. lots of unsuccessful pregnancies it was a real shock to me actually and really felt like you know everyone else was doing it except me and no one else that I knew seemed to have any of these struggles and it was such a it was such a sort of personal journey that was yeah it made me feel hopeless in many ways because I guess my body failed me and as a woman you're so responsible for for you know nurturing these pregnancies and for them to sort of yeah to to get to that point where you get to a baby and um, we had we had six un- unsuccessful pregnancies in across about um well so from 2012 I guess to 2018 wow it must have been so difficult it was it was difficult and at the time you don't always kind of realize how difficult because you are trying to be so hopeful of course whilst yeah. you're feeling so hopeless mm. so out of your control and um, you just constantly are craving to get to this this place, this happy ending in your mind where you, you know, the, the life that you have mapped out for yourself. It's and so interesting you say that because I think so many of us, so many people have these kind of really rigid ideas about where they want life to go and they want to do X, Y, Z and achieve these things. And then when it doesn't work out that way, it can be almost like a grieving process in a way because you're coming to terms with the fact that life isn't looking the way we imagined it might be, you know, in the kind of fairy tale imagination. Um, and yeah. it doesn't always work out that way. And that can be really, really difficult because it's not just sort of dealing with what's going on. It's also dealing with with a dream that isn't going to come to be that you imagined you know that's what your future would look like so that's, that's exactly so mm. and it is you're you're 100 right I think it's just yeah your life not going as you thought and you know I guess amidst that time and it, it really was the case of trying and you know you put your lives on hold you don't make any plans because you think mm. oh I'm, I might be pregnant at that time mm. so I better not book that holiday or mm. that trip or mm. I need to stop doing so much of this or less of that like your lives are really on hold like and it does become a real kind of I don't know an unhealthy obsession really to get to that to get to that thing that you want mm. because we're so used to getting what we want in life right so right not get that is tough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and amidst that time, uh, we actually had a successful pregnancy, but there were some complications. And actually, we um, well, we met our daughter Olive for a very short time, but um, she she yeah she died, and and it was a really really difficult. Just I can't even find the language sometimes to describe how much of a difficult time that was for us. I'm so sorry. And yeah, it's. I, you know, for anyone that's lost anyone, they understand, I guess, that that grief, um, it's a real long road and a real journey to be on. Absolutely. I guess that was, yeah, definitely one of the hopeless, most hopeless times Mm. that I've experienced. And I guess part of that journey and to make sense of what happened with Olive and to to try and still get to that happy place where we, Mm. at least if we had a, um, a new baby it would try and help us make sense of that pain and that journey um, but we didn't 
it wasn't meant to be and and we had a, a series of unsuccessful pregnancies after that and in 2018 we had our last unsuccessful pregnancy and it was a really um, dangerous ectopic pregnancy and I can't have children anymore I had to have some surgery which means I can't have children naturally anymore and it was such a sad end to that journey right right because then any kind of idea of hope of that particular dream that one in particular mm. you know that has to come to an end and that's that that's crushing you know really yeah. really difficult experience wow. yeah to to have felt hopeless but still try to maintain mm. some hope and mm. that's what really kind of guided us through that time is that Absolutely. like oh no we will get there mm. um and we need to find that strength within us to keep going so to be told that that wasn't going to happen I think that was probably um apart from the year that um we were grieving you know in serious grief with Olive and, and I say that we were still grieving but yeah. that that's when life was at its most darkest um you know that year when we were infertile like that was so hard because to know that the closest we came to having a family was was everything that happened mm-hmm. um, will live like it that made that whole situation just seem so much sadder and harder to to comprehend and um yeah like yeah I felt very hopeless and what is life without hope you know it's right it's so important it's it is fundamental important. actually I think for mm-hmm. us keeping healthy in our minds is believing there's a reason to to bother to continue you know so thank you. Thank you for being so brave and vulnerable. That was really, really vulnerable to share all of that. And I really, really appreciate you because I know that there are so, so many people who are on a journey with some similarities and it's just not spoken about enough, you know. And so like you were saying, that it just felt as if no one else was going through what you were going through. And I think actually, you know, it is something that we need to get better at. We need to talk about mm. this more so that people feel like, you know, this is a potentially part of what my experience might be. And, and so that, yeah, there's just a room for the, you know, the non-linear, mm. you know, it follows the tradition of this and this and this. And so people yes. kind of have a little bit more openness about how, how that journey might look for them. Exactly. Like, because there, there is, there's always alternative paths. And I never even took the time to consider you know, I have this this life without a family, mm. um, and there are some really great benefits that I really enjoy. I love sleeping, for example. <laughs> yeah. um, I love being spontaneous and just mm-hmm. going places easily, or mm-hmm. you know, coming home later, or wh- whatever it is. There are some things that actually I think, oh, do you know what? You know, lockdown, for example. Right. I'm sure it was. Right. It was a, super hard challenge if you have a family to look after children to school and entertain Mm -hmm. and my husband and I my dog you know we we really made the best of it in the ways that we could so I guess it's sort of being open to the fact that there can still be you know joy Mm -hmm. um, even if your path isn't as you thought and um, I guess not getting your hopes up and set on a specific thing happening yeah yeah being maybe right being focused on on how you want to feel maybe rather than how that feeling has to look 
you know yeah yeah exactly. that's so that's such a good point yeah definitely so tell us a little bit about what happened to move you from feeling you know the lowest of the low completely you know I don't think anyone would dispute of course you must have felt like that but it, what happened to get you from there to beginning to find those kind of little shreds of hope something to cling on to something to support you was there anything in particular was there any kind of practice that you did that helped with that I think that once we had sort of moved not we've moved kind of our grief changed and evolved and got easier and tougher in in many ways but I guess we got to a point where we just had to work out a who we were at the end of that chapter because Mm. we dedicated our lives to having a family and we really in some ways the last um the last pregnancy not working out although we would have really you know hoped for it to be different it kind of drew a line underneath it it meant that we couldn't focus on that anymore yeah and it was taken out of our hands and it's kind of like a blessing and a curse really because I don't know how much longer we would have gone on or you know I'm very lucky that I still have a husband we have a great relationship but you Mm -hmm. could see how that could go another way if you keep putting this this pressure on on each other yeah so we really tried to work out who we were at that time and we'd Mm -hmm. learned so much and changed and evolved and grown and um, we were different people than when we started out because because that's what what those challenges do to you. They mm-hmm. they change you. So we really worked out who we were, and then we really wanted to focus on things that made us happy. Okay. You know, to chase after that happiness mm-hmm. and really think about if we weren't going to have the life that we thought that we were, mm-hmm. what could new life look like that we had. You know, what Amazing. what was there that we could really um yeah to work with and to appreciate and I guess during those really difficult moments and and dark chapters that I've had I did really start thinking about I guess it's gratitude but not in the sense that I was kind of skipping around and writing a journal about you know <laughs> all of these yeah. things Mm-hmm. but definitely as a bit of a survival mechanism and strategy mm-hmm. I started to think about what was in my life that was there that I could acknowledge and, and appreciate and be thankful for yeah and it was a really useful tool because it helped me it stopped me straying into comparison and it and it right. helped me focus on the good things and whether they were tiny you know like you said the, the slithers of hope um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I call them crumbs of joy. And oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. That's mm. great. <laughs> really, really along the same lines, but really small things that I could focus on. And in time, I guess they helped me. Um, they helped the good stuff feel a bit bigger mm-hmm. and definitely connected me back to a person that, you know, a, a positive person that I was, you know, prior to, to this, all of this, these things happening. So I definitely, you know, took that into my new sort of happy happy chapter shall we say I really um I really started to listen more to my intuition okay and I really used that as a bit of a as a guide I guess I kind of yeah I just woke up a little bit to life and and thought about what I really wanted and I your intuition is kind of always there but I feel like sometimes we sort of like you know quieten down or make it shrink Absolutely. we know the yeah. things we should do mm-hmm. but 
that we don't always listen and an example of that is I was in a job for probably about 16 years in total and all of this chapter that I'm talking about so you know those I guess eight years maybe you know six years they all happened at the same company the same job right okay so I was really revisiting some really dark times mm. at this place, you know, same office, same people. Right. You know, I, I, I was pregnant when I was there and I came back from maternity leave without, without the baby, you know. Yeah. So there was, there was so much, um, yeah, there was just so much sadness sort of shrouded in this job. But I guess I felt like I needed to be close to some of that because... It was a way of holding on, maybe. Yeah, I held yeah. on. I held on to the grief for a really long time, and I recognise yeah. that now because it was the closest that I could feel to that time. Of course. And I didn't. I didn't want to let it go, and I knew that it was. It was really unhealthy for me. So I literally left that job with nothing to go to, and I, I made a decision that I couldn't. I couldn't do that anymore. Be that person, and that's amazing. Quite, so brave. Yeah. It was brave. It was the really first brave. time I guess I really I listened to my intuition and I really kind of showed up for myself and I just mm -hmm. said no more. Mm -hmm. And I spent and worth the, it as well. I think by doing something like that, you're you're stating maybe not verbally, but to yourself, you're saying it's worth it's worth it just for me, you know, to do yes. And I guess when you when you have lost someone that that matters to you so much, and especially when it's a you know a baby or I guess a child, you know they they don't get chance to live that life. You know they haven't got that opportunity. So I've really kind of thought everything I do and all the decisions that I make, they come from a place of like making that person proud. So I always make Olive proud is kind of my mantra, I guess, oh, and beautiful. that kind of. Yeah, and that kind of flows through all of the decisions that I make because I think I would, I would want, you know, if I had a child that was here, I'd want them to be proud of me, mm -hmm. and I'd want to to make the kind of decisions that would inspire them. Yeah. So I left that job, and um, I kind of yeah just explored life again and was playful and curious, and I did all sorts of different jobs, just things that were my passions that I wanted to explore. Um, and, and my husband Joe has done the same and, and we've really tried to channel all of our energy into yeah what what makes us happy and yeah it's, it's, been it's just incredible it's a really inspirational thing to do and it's it's not to say that everyone's always in a position that they can they can do that you know leave a job or, or whatever it might be but but we can listen to our intuition and we can take those little nuggets and it, even despite what anyone else might be thinking or us feeling a bit frightened of coming out of our comfort zone. But maybe something there about your experiences gave you this bigger purpose that meant you could tap into that more kind of strongly, more confidently in a way to say, I'm going to do this because this is what I want now is, is to make a kind of life that I love, even if it can't be the one I imagined. I want it yeah. to be one that makes me really happy. Um, and it's, exactly. it's just inspirational. It's such uh, an incredible thing to do. I think it would be really inspiring for lots of people to listen and, and think it, it is possible to go, I don't, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to find out. Yeah, and I just... I feel like a very much a different person because I was so in my comfort zone before, like when I was in that job for a long time, like I was very careful and considered and I didn't do things that I didn't know how to do or that I, I knew that I couldn't be good at. 
and I didn't take enough risks and I didn't take enough chances. And I think that made this whole chapter even more difficult to navigate because I was just, I don't know, I was so in that comfort zone and Mm. just, I I didn't have the armor or the skills or the, you know, I'm not failing means not trying. Yeah. And I really recognize that now. Like I'm so prepared to try. Like you were saying, it's not like we were kind of set up for me to be without work or, or to do different things. Like, you know we haven't got a lifestyle that supports that like mm-hmm. but we, we've made it work mm-hmm. we've found a way you know Joe left his job actually and that he's been in for 16 years so I left wow. first and then I then I guess I inspired him to to make the leap but he left his job and he I mean he loves craft beer so he went to work at a craft beer kind of brewery slash pub um, and he was like just above the minimum wage in that job okay. so he'd gone from this big job where he was really secure mm. to all of a sudden you know working night shifts and you know and that's tough later and working on minimum wage and but it was it was a road to his passion and he knew that he needed to make mm. that leap yeah mm. and so much goodness and good stuff and adventure and um has come out of these times you know everything that we're we're learning about ourselves and and just yeah exploring life a little bit more and and definitely the happiness like that's the that's the overriding um theme really this that's amazing that's so lovely and I love that your happy chapter as well there was a a couple of words that you said that really rung in my head and it was being playful and curious and this is something that I actually talk to a lot of my clients about because we we know that if you're playful and you're curious sort of anxiety and fear can't be in the same headspace like they don't get on and I just love that because that you know it's not that you weren't leaving room for the grief it was still there but you were still able to have this playful curious self who could kind of explore and try some things on, you know, and it's like going to, it makes me think about, you know, I don't know, going clothes shopping or something like that and trying out something outrageous, just Mm -hmm. trying on something outrageous, just because you want to just try it and see what that feels like. And it's, it's just giving yourself the chance to play, which we we don't as adults, we really, really struggle with that. And, and it's so invigorating and enlightening mm. you know it's getting you towards a space that can be your happy chapter like you say which is yes. it's just beautiful oh lovely and, and definitely I would say all of that playfulness and that not not taking myself too seriously and being prepared to fail I feel like that's been such a good birthplace for creativity mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm the most creative that I've ever been and I never thought that I was a creative person, but I did always love, you know, um, planning a party or an event, you know, making a theme, having yeah. a theme kind of party, <laughs> cooking. I love cooking and I love to be creative in the kitchen, um, wrapping gifts nicely. You know, all of those things. I love I'm that. I didn't ever, creativity. Mm. I didn't ever identify that as being creative, though. It's weird. I just <laughs> yeah. don't. I don't know. My measures were all out of place, but. I guess since I've been more open and free in terms of, you know, what my life looks like, I've noticed my creativity increase so much. And that's been such a positive thing for me to focus on and to just help kind of navigate those tricky times where if I feel like I can create in whatever way, writing and drawing, you know, 
anything, poetry, whatever it is. Um, it's That's a real great outlet for me. So what do you, what would you say now? So if a, a tricky period comes up now, what do you tend to find yourself doing now? Does it look very similar to what you've done in the past or has it kind of progressed and changed over time? I, I guess the gratitude has really helped because when I think sometimes when you're in going through challenging situations, you do actually want to run away from anything that's remotely good for you. Yes, you want to do yes. all of the difficult, you know, <laughs> the bad thing. Um, but I'm trying to keep, you know, running towards those things mm -hmm. and um, gratitude definitely, definitely helps. I think, you know, simple things like being out in nature and making yes, sure that I've, I've connected with nature in some way. Um, though, you know, there's a few self-care tools that I lean on. Yoga has been really helpful. And they're all kind of cliches, aren't they? But I guess they're cliches are cliches for a reason. Right, they and, work. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I've learned to, yeah, just listen to my body and what it needs and just make sure that I'm I'm fueling myself right, whether that's sort of physically or mentally, just to be mm -hmm. able to cope um, for those challenging times. And also just letting yourself have a difficult time and being really honest about how you feel, letting all those difficult emotions yes. in and yeah. just be accepting of the fact that I guess there would be no, you know, life would be very boring if we didn't have all of these lovely kind of textures you wouldn't appreciate the good stuff if, oh, if you so, hadn't so good yeah hadn't appreciated the, the difficult stuff so yeah I'm still a, you know I'm still a work in progress and I'm still very much on a on a grief journey I suppose I don't think you know it's never going to leave me but I'm more understanding of how it affects me and, mm. and what to look out for and how to keep my myself you know my mind and my body well that's so good I I love what you said there about giving yourself permission because it's something I think we that is so difficult to do and just giving yourself permission that it's fine to feel down sometimes we can't be up all the time and that doesn't mean we won't come back to the middle you know we're going to have those up curves and those down curves but we will come back to the middle but it's absolutely fine to be there and also you said there about textures and um, it really reminded me of a visual that I have of, of thinking about life as being like a, a bit of a tapestry and you're going to have, you know, the dark black threads running through and you're going to have the gold running through as well. And, and you need both to have the kind of richness mm. and the value. And even though these experiences that you've been through, you know, you would never have chosen for yourself for a second, but it sounds as though where you are now is a good place and somewhere that you're happy and, and and maybe with things now that you would choose for yourself that you you could never have realized or or known about before um so there's no, something about definitely. our experiences making us and make us you know the, the person that we we've become which might be different to what we imagined in the first place but mm. um it might be amazing yes exactly and i wouldn't have i wouldn't have done half of the things that I've done if if my life had gone in a different way and I and I guess that's yeah it, there's some comfort in that is that I'm choosing to turn that pain into some kind of love and yes. be able to sort of channel it in a positive way and and I guess through the work I've been doing with the Grateful Hearts Club it's like that's my opportunity to share that kind of love with anyone that needs it and I I I read something somewhere which says you teach what you need 
Ah, yes, I know. I definitely need gratitude in my life. I need to um, never. I need to always um, not lose sight, really, of the goodness mm-hmm. that I've got and and the things that are present. I need to really hold on to those and celebrate them and, sh- and make them feel as big as I possibly can. So, yeah, having gratitude is yeah, it's been really powerful. Absolutely love that, Charlotte. That's just brilliant. What an amazing process that you have been through and use. It's just incredible. So you mentioned the Grateful Hearts Club just then. Let's talk a bit about what you're doing now. So where has this ultimately led you? Tell everyone a bit about what you do now and and how that's kind of come from what you've done. So I guess once there was a couple of things that happened I felt like as I sort of processed what had happened in in that sort of real the, the dark the dark dark chapter, um, I suppose we could call it. When I started to sort of understand and process it, and we couldn't have a family anymore, and we were on this kind of like quest for happiness, I did notice at that point my creativity woke up a little bit, and I just started to sort of feel life again, and just sort of maybe be looking forwards rather than backwards. Yeah. Um, so that happened and I've got a really lovely creative friend and we had had sort of a chat um, and she just said like you need to do something creative like you need to channel this creativity in some way and at that point I'd really recognize and learn a lot about gratitude and how it really helped me when I reflected I thought about how finding those joys was a real kind of survival and really helped me and I thought my goodness if I if it helped me I would love to be able to help someone else really that was the main aim so the combination of that and the creativity resulted in I designed some gratitude cards which are really just a way of capturing gratitude you write one thing you're grateful for each day and that was really helpful for me to fill out a card so I thought mm-hmm. again maybe other people um, would be interested in that but I guess I started so the Grateful Hearts Club was born and it's just a way of you know channeling all that the positivity the love that that message that gratitude can bring and all those sort of that warm fuzziness that you can get by being grateful that's amazing but I launched it in June and it was really tough actually in June Mm. because I think people understood gratitude on quite a sort of base level everyone knows that they need to be thankful and and, you know manners are important being kind and and offering offering things is important but last year we were in a bit of a different headspace and and I guess you know the busyness of life and just you know we hadn't had that opportunity to reflect on what what actually we we do need in our lives right and this year's been a bit of a wake wake up then (laughs) So this year was a bit of a wake up. I don't know whether it's the combination of people having more time, being more reflective, really thinking about what they need to be thankful for mm-hmm. and recognising how gratitude actually is important because Absolutely. it does help you highlight what what is in your life and, mm-hmm. and in, a, in a massive way. It gives you some time to reflect on that. And everyone's had an opportunity to do that this year. So to help people understand a bit more about the Grateful Hearts Club and what I do, I've created a workshop. And that was to really help give the cards some kind of context and some meaning Mm. and some tips around how to form a habit of gratitude. And sort of across this year, I've just been, you know, I've spoken to hundreds of people in the workshops about 
yeah just about gratitude really whether it's um yeah through my website or whether I've, I've created one for businesses to help in, encourage gratitude in within business and and also to help people feel connected at a time where we've been so disconnected disconnected really. it's felt like it yeah definitely yeah and, and I've been to one of your lovely workshops actually and I, I absolutely loved it I just came away I, I think I'd had quite a long day and I was quite tired that day when I came to the workshop and um, and it was on Zoom, of course, as everything is this year with coronavirus. But I came away just feeling so uplifted afterwards. It was absolutely just such a, a lovely, unexpected experience. It was really, really beautiful. And and I, I loved what you'd said about it wasn't just about listing off the things that you're grateful for, because that's something I know about. That's something I've done myself. But it was much more, I think you said the how and the why. That was mm. what was really important. And, and that was the difference between me going, oh, yeah, that's nice, that's good. Between that and then actually feeling all the feelings of like, mm. oh, why it was worth doing it. And it was just so powerful. I absolutely loved that. So, yeah. Oh, so, thank no, thank you. It was, it was a brilliant experience and just uh, perfect at a time when I needed to reconnect. So um, with that kind of, how's the best way to describe it that kind of source energy that we have that's very powerful and 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 loving and sometimes we can get very disconnected from it especially mm. at a time like now in 2020 when everything seems a bit crazy and and it's just about tapping back into that and remembering that we've got so much within us to help us do that that often mm. the solution to our problems is within not without and um, so many and so many smaller joys in life like I, I think there's a real difference. Like I, I say to lots of people who they feel quite disconnected from gratitude sometimes. Like mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a, it's on the other side of a wall. Like you know you should be grateful yeah. and you want to be grateful. But if you ask someone, you know, what are you grateful for? There can be like this kind of like disconnect. Mm-hmm. But I, I prefer to ask people, you know, what, what is bringing you joy? Like what are the things yes. that make you happy and make you smile? Because yeah. you could prob- that list would probably be so much longer than if I asked you what you were grateful for. Because yeah, there's something about it, isn't it? That's so interesting. Like grateful might have, I don't know, but for me it brings forward ideas about responsibility in a way. Like, what are you grateful? I'm grateful for my, my parents and my upbringing. And I'm grateful for things that, you know, you feel like you should do it rather than yes, you want it because yeah. you're joyful. Yeah. And the should changes the yes. uh, inflection completely, doesn't it? Um, yeah. The joy. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's really powerful. Definitely. Yeah. And then think of what brings you joy and then give some thanks for those things. Mm. You know, you like do it backwards. Think about, you know, what, yeah whether it's nature or conversation with a good friend or you know your home like there's so many lovely things that bring you joy but yeah just think about the how and the why you're grateful or or why they bring you that that joy Mm. I think it's a really interesting way to kind of um, think about it yeah definitely and you also kind of advocate people going a step further and then connecting with people that have brought them joy or are you know bringing them joy and letting them know and I just think that's that's just so oh it's just so fabulous it's such a gorgeous way of connecting with people because how much of the time do we go through life without telling people how much they matter and it's not because we don't think it we do but we it's about that just that next step of expressing it because it's only 
it's only giving more, isn't it? It's only filling mm. you up more by letting someone else know how, how much they've supported you. And it's a double, you know, double-sided yeah, thing. Exactly. It's so, it, you feel amazing and they feel amazing. And it really, really strengthens those bonds and those relationships, whether it's at home or with your family, your friends, uh, in your workplace. Mm. It really does help to really strengthen those those um yeah those relationships and there's so much value for both both parties even if you give your gratitude and the person doesn't want to receive it right, you've right. got your warm fuzziness from mm-hmm. it yeah <laughs> yeah it's on them if they're too you know uncomfortable yeah, yeah. With but you've still got that that part and you you've had it in your life and you, you get to feel it I call it the warm fuzzy feeling of thankfulness yeah I love that that's that's absolutely gorgeous Okay, so, so much gorgeous, gorgeous stuff in here. I think it's just been such a beautiful story that you've told us. So I'm so grateful to you for that. And also just letting people know about what you're doing now because it, it's just incredible where it's taken you to this really gorgeous situation where you're running your own business, the Grateful Hearts Club, and putting more gratitude out there in so many ways and, and supporting so many people through that journey. So if people want to connect with you further, what's the best way for them to do that? Is it through social media or what, what's your recommendation? Yeah, I would say um, I've tried to make the social media account a place to kind of it support, for tips, for general positivity and using it for like a, a platform to do some good. So it is easy to reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook is the same. All of my contact details are on there or, you know, email me. Um, hello at thegratefulheartsclub.com. Yeah, there there are many ways. Subscribe to the newsletter on the website if you want updates about what the Grateful Hearts Club is about. You know, if gratitude can help anyone or you've got any questions, then um, I'm really keen to just, yeah, keep helping and supporting as many people as possible, really. And I'd love to create a community of people that are all, you know, open to living more grateful lives and it's sort of a network of people to be able to sort of feel connected wherever they are in the, the country or the world that they feel connected around gratitude. So that's my, my plan, really. And, and same for the workshop. If anyone feels like they've got a business or a company or, you know, they're, they're looking to kind of increase gratitude in their worlds then I'd love to hear from them I actually gift a free workshop to a local charity that that work with children from disadvantaged backgrounds for every workplace workshop that I host so if people yeah if people want to work with me then it just means the more the more I can make that happen the more I can give back and that's something that's really important to me and I don't have my own family, but if I can help many children, then, you know, what a lovely thing to do and kind of in Olive's honour. That's just beautiful. Thank you, Sharla. What a gorgeous thing to do. Okay, so I will make sure that all of your handles are on the show notes so everyone can get in touch if they want to. And I just want to say thank you again. What an absolutely gorgeous story and just being able to share all of that and turn something so difficult and so challenging into something where you could be courageous and put something out into the world that is utterly beautiful. So I just want to say thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you and thank you for being part of the show. Oh, thank you, Harriet. It's been a real joy to talk to you and yeah, thank you for having me.
I'm a bit blown away by today's incredible episode and I'm so grateful to Sharla for her vulnerability and honesty on what is a really difficult topic and one that is not spoken about as much as it's happening. I'm just really pleased that I was able to share this with you today and I think there is something in here for everyone regardless of your experiences and I hope that you can take something from this. Remember that if you need more support at the moment there is lots of support on our website dawnbreaks.co.uk. There's also lots of support in the show notes and it will give you pointers on where you can go specifically for support related to this episode as well. Remember to subscribe so that you can be first to know when a new episode launches and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought. Otherwise, take care and I'll see you soon.